0: To them, they wanted me to achieve the American dream, and Bye. their version of the American dream was prestige and acceptance that came from um, education, and ed- the best form of education to them was being a doctor. But when I went and, and quit my job and did all these things, which I know we'll talk about more, mm-hmm. but um, my mom was the first one to support me. Hello and welcome back.
1: Today, I'm joined by the hugely successful entrepreneur Deepika Mutchula to talk about her life and where beauty has played a role. We cover a host of topics, including how defying her parents' expectations, the challenges and toll working around the clock has taken, why she makes all her work decisions based entirely on gut instinct, and how she went from working at Victoria's Secret to being a regular on the Today Show to becoming the founder and CEO of her business, Live Tinted. Here's Deepika.
0: Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm also very excited to be in your home drinking
1: tea. I know it's quite cozy and there are lots of us in here. So, so cozy. Um, yeah, you might hear some noises, but that is the nature of the show. <laughs> you grew up in Sugarland, Texas. You just said it doesn't sound like a real place. Tell me about that. It
0: is a, such a real place and it is such a beautiful place. Like, I think I appreciate it now as an adult more than I did as a kid to grow up in a place where we sold lemonade with, you know, and on the street corners. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I feel very blessed. I had a very beautiful. childhood. What were your parents like? The best, and I didn't realize it then, and I I think a lot of people are like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when you're a kid, it's almost like you have this, like, tension with your family, and now they're my best friends, my number one supporters, but growing up, my parents are immigrants. They are from India, and they came to this country to provide every possible opportunity for myself and my um, sister, and so um and to them that meant education on education on education Mm -hmm. so it meant get a degree and another degree and become a doctor um and I didn't do any of those Mm -hmm. things I got one degree it's a business degree and um they're very proud of me now but I I have the best parents in the world they're very 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 traditional
1: okay but being an immigrant in a traditional family in a different culture is challenging
0: how was that for you it, I had a full duality in life like it was like I would go to school and I would be one person I dyed my hair blonde I got blue contacts I was Texas is very much what you think it is in that sense um, and then I would come home and and be very, very obsessed with my culture. But I would go to school and kind of have a completely different life. It was kind of literally a duality. Like mm-hmm. I was Indian American. Mm-hmm. And that kind of combination together was really hard to navigate as a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. And what about the way you looked then? Because you said you dyed your hair and you colored, you, know, you wore colored contact
0: lenses, but your skin is still darker. You still yeah. don't look like Britney Spears. It was really difficult for me. I feel like I, Britney Spears was my hero and I feel like I need to, like, recognize that growing up I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, with Britney, literally Britney Spears was my hero. Mm -hmm. And I avoided the sun my Mm -hmm. whole life. Mm -hmm. I was trying to hide underneath um, umbrellas. Whenever all my friends around me were going tanning, Mm -hmm. I was doing the exact opposite. I was literally hiding underneath an umbrella. And it's, it's weird because now my favorite thing... If it wasn't for skin cancer, I would be—I would literally be under the sun all I, all I could.
1: Am I right in thinking, though, that in Indian culture, this color of your skin also means so much more than simply what color you are, but it has to do with... It does. You know, the number society. one
0: product in India is this thing called Fair and Lovely, and I remember seeing this product on my mom's beauty counter, and it is a bleaching cream. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, has such a heavy part of why I've created a brand around fighting colorism, because... I would see, not just in the American media, but in Indian media, which even actually hurts me more, that fair was considered beautiful. And it was the only thing considered beautiful. I don't also want to hate on people who are fair-skinned, because that's not fair. Um, but it's more so the fact that like, I felt like I had to look like that mm-hmm. to ever um, be accepted or thought of as beautiful or um, find friendship or love. And that to me is insane. I I just, I love my skin color so much now that I really, really want girls, men, anyone growing up today to recognize that. I always say I get my work ethic from my dad. He is the hardest working person I've met in my life. He worked overtime after overtime to provide everything he never had as a kid for my sister and myself. And I get my business acumen from my mom. Mm -hmm. She is, to be honest, I didn't think they wouldn't, I thought they would fully not support me. I I didn't go, they wanted me to go to med school. I mean, they wanted to, and and to them, they wanted me to achieve the American dream. And their version of the American dream was prestige and acceptance that came from um, education, and the best form of education to them was being a doctor. But when I went and, and quit my job and did all these things, which I know we'll talk about more, mm-hmm. but, um, my mom was the first one to support me because I think she believed in me that I had what she has in her, which is, um, I, I would like to say, I think I'm a very dynamic person and I think networking has gotten me very, very far in life. And that is also the strength of my mother's.
1: When did you leave Texas, and how did that come about?
0: So for college, I went to college in Texas. Um, It's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to New York and um, go to NYU, but uh, financially, it made sense to stay in Texas. And to be honest, it was like just far enough away from home, but close enough to home, because I am very close to my family. Right after college, I left. I left right after college, and brief stint working at Victoria's Secret Corporate. Okay, so you left Texas. I did. And were you nervous? What, was, what were your
1: feelings at that point? It's a massive thing to do to leave your family and the place you've grown up and gone to college and go somewhere and not be entirely sure what your career path is going to be.
0: I was so ready. I think I was always, I had big city dreams. I never wanted to be a big fish in a small pond. I wanted to be a big fish in a big pond. And so for me, leaving Texas meant getting closer to my dreams So I was eager. For me, like, you know, some people say, like, university or college were, like, the best years of my life. I think I'm living the best years of my life right now.
1: Are you someone who uses music? I'm imagining that you're going to New York, like, listening to, like, something quite motivational.
0: Oh, my God. It is so funny you say that because the first time I ever did national television, which was the Today Show, part of when I went viral and all these things... I was listening to this Eminem song from 8 Mile where he goes... Lose yourself. Yes! You get one shot, one opportunity. Yeah. And in my brain, I was like, this is my one shot. I'm on TV, national television. And, and it was just that, like, his palms are sweating, knees weak, on whatever the lyrics are. I'm going to butcher it. But I remember listening to that song. And I wasn't actually listening to it, but I was reciting it in my brain. Yeah. Thinking that I had these two minutes on national television to prove to the world that this is what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: So you're working at Victoria's Secret. Yes. What happened next? How did you go from that to this this career? Because that's a big shift. And also, so many people work at those corporations, so it's hard to mark yourself out.
0: I went to Victoria's Secret because um, they, co- they got me during the interview, man. It's mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio. And for a girl who had New York City dreams, being in Ohio right. was very interesting. But it got me into the fashion beauty space. I went there fully for that reason, to get my door my foot into the door mm-hmm. of that industry. Mm-hmm very quickly. I recognized that I was doing a nine to five. I am not a nine to five girl. I don't think you are either. Um, and I, I, I was an analyst. The best part about it was it, it created a skill set in me that I didn't have before. It made me think very analytically, which is so great for my business mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. in hindsight. But while I was there is when I started my blog, cause I had a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. So I started a Tumblr where it was just like, I started doing beauty blogging. What well, year was that? That was 2011. Okay, so beauty blogs were a thing at that point. You were they one were. of the first wave. Did you? I,
1: yeah. Do you yeah. feel like
0: that was the first wave? Or? No, that was no, yes, the second, second wave. No, yeah, second wave. Yeah.
1: When you started, did you think you were
0: going to bring something different to the table, or did you just want to have a place? Hobby It was a fun okay. hobby. I, I, my job was my job, and yeah. I, I, I wanted a passion. Mm. And so for me, when I started it, it was a passion project, mm. and it was so fun. And I knew, I knew people in my life were judging me, like who does she think she is, like giving a, like recommending lipsticks for mm. people's skin tones. But that's also why I won in this space because there was no South Asian girl doing that. And so that Tumblr page led to me. I've always been an inherent entrepreneur. I I feel like you are too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, it's always been in me. So while I was working at Victoria's Secret, I saw this company called Shoe Dazzle. um, And the whole business model was that they send you a pair of shoes every single month, uh, selected by a stylist based Mm -hmm. on a beauty profile that you filled out. And I thought to myself, why doesn't that exist in the beauty industry? And I was like, I'm going to start it. I'm, I, I, bought a, I bought a URL called beautytrunk.com. I think I just stopped owning it recently. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm going to do this. And a week into trying to develop this company, I recognize it does exist. It's called Birchbox. Right. And I, I kind of felt like if you can't beat them, join them. And I, a week later, got the job from Birchbox. Mm-hmm. And a week after that, I quit my job at Victoria's Secret nine months into it. Which is crazy because I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the US, you're supposed to stay at a job for at least a year. Yeah, there's that thing on your CV, isn't there, where it's like I mean, a year to two years is good, why was it less than But you know yeah. what? Who, who can, those, are, yeah. those are honestly <laughs> lame rules. Okay. Especially for somebody who knew that they were going to be an entrepreneur. I don't think you had to go by the books, and so I, I knew I had an opportunity to be a part of a booming startup company at the very early stages. Mm-hmm. I was like employee 20 something. And, um, also the founders went to Harvard business school and my parents wanted me to go to Harvard business school. So in their mind, they were like, Oh yes, quit your job at Victoria's yeah. secret. And, um, like just go and go work for these people because you'll end up at Harvard business yeah, school. Kind of like being that by osmosis. I took a yeah. pay cut. Uh, I moved to New York city and took a pay cut to work for a company that I just believed in to, with my whole heart. Why are you still blogging at this point? So once I got to Birchbox, I was not on the editorial team. I was, a, I was on the marketing team. And um, they found my blog. Mm-hmm. I stopped blogging regularly, but they found my blog, one of the editors. And she was like, wait, do you want to do content for so all of a sudden, I became like a beauty influencer for Birchbox, and to be honest, it was an office of the one of the most smartest, the smartest women I've ever come across. But there weren't a lot of beauty enthusiasts in the office, so I kind of became a beauty authority within the company and um, started to do content for them. And that's when I started to, you know, at a startup company, you can work on every part of the business that you want to, um, if if you prove to yourself. If, and if you prove to the founders that you're going to do your job. Mm-hmm. So as long as I did my day-to-day job, if I wanted to go do content, I could do content. If I wanted to work on product development, I could work on product development. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. What did you look like at the time? I was... Yeah, I had. I, I looked very traditionally Indian. Mm-hmm. It, at this point in my life, I am. it's now 2012. Um, from 2012 to 2015 is when I worked at Birchbox. I was... Fully owning my features I had deep black hair I had brown brown eyes And I was I was showcasing to women of color Bright bold lipsticks mm-hmm. And contouring and things like that And that, that's kind of what I became known as Internally at fox. Eventually I started working on the influencer program Because all of a sudden YouTube was popping off mm-hmm. And everyone was curious About this thing called YouTube And I was too And so they said do you want to work on the, on some of the partnerships mm-hmm. That's when I was like hold on There is this industry with billions of views called YouTube. There is this beauty industry making billions of dollars. And there is this country called India with billions of people. And there was nobody connecting all three of those. And that's when I kind of had this aha moment of like, I need to start a YouTube channel. And it, again, started the same way the blog did. It was fun. It was like, you know, dear friends who text me every day, what lipstick should I wear? I could now point them to my YouTube channel.
1: Where did you get your advice from? And also... Which products were you using and how were you learning how to use them?
0: I'm not a makeup artist by trade. I'm so not a makeup artist by trade. I'm just a beauty junkie. Mm-hmm. I love makeup and I, 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 didn't, I didn't get knowledge from anyone. I would go to a store and swatch it on my hand and just myself know mm-hmm. what felt good. It was, it was inherent in me. I've, I've dreamt of creating my own beauty brand since I was 16 years old. I love this industry so much and so the advice was coming from no one besides me, myself and I. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't anyone who looked like me in the media for me to look up to. I was going to say, was there anyone
1: where you were like, I'd like to look like that person?
0: The craziest part of this whole thing was, and this is, I will fully admit to it, Kim Kardashian was the closest person in my brain to somebody who looked like me because she was Armenian, which is insane. So she recommended Turkish delight from NARS and I was like, I'm going to wear Turkish delight from NARS. It looked insane on me. Right. But there was no brown girl in the media that really was doing it, you know what I mean? And I, I, for some reason, related more to Kim than Beyonce even, who was even closer to my skin tone. But to be very honest, both of them are, are fair skin for their, for their culture.
1: It sounds like your entrepreneurial nature overrode the thing where you thought this is unfair. Because it, it, it sounds like you went into an industry where you were thinking, nobody's catering to me. I don't see many people like me. And this is not happening. To some people, that would be... I never this felt unf- sorry for myself. Exactly, yeah. So you just thought,
0: there's a space. I'm going to fill it. Yeah, and I think, it, again, the, I take this back to my mother. I always wanted to be the... Instead of thinking... I had to see somebody do this before I could do it. I wanted to be the one to do it to help other people want to do it. I wanted to be kind of that, that be on the forefront. And I've, I've never been scared of that. It's Mm -hmm. just, I I can't explain it except for that's just who I am. Like I would not be happy in life if I was just living life, Mm -hmm. just like living rather than actually like thriving. You know, and I've always I I feel like I I want to experience every moment in my life as if I'm making a difference and a dent in the world, and I feel like that's what I'm doing, and in whatever small ways, right? Like when I started with the blog, it was helping some girl out there feel like, oh my God, there's a brown girl out there that's in the media. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. From that blog to Birchbox being on billboards for Birchbox, to then starting my YouTube channel because I saw what was happening, my second video going viral. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I thought to myself, oh my god, I just got a call from The Today Show. I have 4 million views on this one viral video that I filmed on my iPhone. There is something here. And I felt like I had a one, it was, again, you have this one shot, one opportunity. Lose yourself in the moment. Oh, yeah. You know, and I had that like in my brain and I kind of just was like, I have to go for it. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, plan B, start my own company, go to go for Harvard Business School and make my dad happy. There was always going to be a plan B in my brain. Um, so why not go for this opportunity? And everyone thought I was insane. I had no idea when my next paycheck was coming, but I, do, I knew that I had this 15 minutes of fame that I could turn into my dream career. How did you do that? I quit my job the day I got an email from the Today Show. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be the Indian Hoda. In my brain, Hoda is one of the hosts Mm -hmm. on the Today Show in America. And I was like, there was no South Asian girl doing it. Again, I always saw it as like there was nobody who looked like me doing it so I could be the one doing it. And I did this segment on air and I remember being on such a high. My sister was my model. My dad was backstage sitting next to Kid Rock and he is the most traditional Indian dad in the world being like, what is happening? My daughter's on national television. It was so crazy. Um, But after the segment aired, I was like, that that was so fun. It felt so natural. You weren't nervous. I, I feel like I was, I was meant for live television. I loved it every moment of it. It was such a rush. Um, and I actually prefer it more than YouTube because I don't like scripted things. I like to just talk as a real human. Yeah. And I think that's why I also love podcasts. And I mm-hmm. think it's just like, um, after the segment aired, the, the, one of the producers comes up to me and she's like, we'd love to have you back regularly. And the coolest part about that was I had so So many people in my life tell me that that's not how it works. Like PR people, they were like, babe, that's not how it works when you're on the today show. Like that you get this moment and it's a fun, cool moment in your life, but it doesn't turn into a regular spot. Mm -hmm. And it did. Yeah. And that to me was so cool because leaving my job to go be a quote unquote YouTuber was not a thing that I felt like my family would accept. Mm -hmm. But saying that their daughter was a beauty expert on the today show was something they could swallow a little bit more for, again, my very traditional immigrant parents. And so um, that made it better. But to be very honest, and I na- I now have such an appreciation for YouTube, social media, the platform it's provided, and understanding that it is now just the new wave of marketing. That's exactly what it is. It is not – being a YouTuber is a form of being an entrepreneur. And I know that from the outside, anyone who um, sees influencers – sees it as a very glamorous field and sees it as they're privileged. And I I do think there is a privilege associated with the fact that I get 20 beauty boxes a week sent to me and I I will own to my every core that that is a privilege. I will also tell you that it has caused mental health issues in my life that I can't explain except for the fact that that I went through it. And I've now been in therapy for two months because the pressure of feeling like you always have to be on and you always have to show what you're doing and, and post the next beauty product that's launched is a very heavy thing. So,
1: How did that manifest itself for you?
0: So once I left my job at Birchbox, I literally quit the day I got the email from the Today Show. I, for three years, was a beauty influencer. And in those three years, I, I had no clue how I was going to get my next check but I got a call one day from CoverGirl, mm-hmm. and they basically were like, "Your day rate is this," and and I said, "I, I sorry, I threw out a number." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, my day rate is X," and they're like, "Okay," and I was like, "Crap, I could have said like three X more," <laughs> yes. you know. And that's how I learned. That's how I learned. I just, I one time, I just threw you. you I was my own assistant, my own manager, my own agent, my own uh, producer, editor. You wear every single hat in the beginning, and that's a part of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And um, after going through all of that for three years, and I feel like at this point, I've worked with every beauty brand I could have ever dreamt of. I've been in a global Mac campaign. I've been in a a national L'Oreal commercial, a Samsung commercial that aired during the Golden Globes. I now felt like it was somebody else's turn. Mm -hmm. I felt like the selfies, the campaigns, was such a beautiful opportunity because again, like it wasn't about the fame, but it was about that girl growing up, seeing herself in the media through me feeling like literally I would get like 50 DMS a day from girls being like, thank you. Or I would, I would hear a lot of times the words, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like a big part of like what I felt like I should um, be continuing to do because I feel like if I wasn't going to do it, how would somebody else feel like they could do it? Mm-hmm. And so I think in that moment, I, I I did it for three years and I had this moment of like, what's next? And I went back to the 16-year-old Deepika who's dreamt of creating her own beauty brand and I was like ready to build my beauty brand. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I always thought it was going to be called like Deep Beauty and it was going to be about me. But after being in this industry for now a decade, I wanted to build something so much bigger than myself and something that actually stood for something bigger than just a product. Mm -hmm. And that's why to me the core of Live Tinted is about fighting colorism and making it so what we say is representation for every shade in between. And that doesn't just mean South Asian women, it's now inclusive of South Asian women because that is something that I've never seen in the media, but it's anyone and everyone who's ever felt like they've been in between the beauty industry that's never seen themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we started as a beauty community and that was a very intentional decision. I launched in um, January of 2018. That's crazy. It was um, to January of 2018, two years ago as a beauty um, community. And for a year and a half, this community became our focus group. We listened to them. We featured and shared stories of people that you've never seen online. So what was the incentive for
1: people to come together and share the story? Did you just invite them to be part of a group online and then they
0: all... It's so cool how organically it grew. Mm-hmm. Of course I had my own platform to push towards it, yeah. but the coolest part is all like all I did was tell people, hey guys, use hashtag #liveTinted to show me women you've never seen in the media before because we want to feature them and tell their okay. stories. Okay. 40,000 hashtag uses later, insane to me. Like it, within seconds of me posting that, what it showed me was that this industry and people and humans were craving seeing something different in this space. I didn't want to be the girl using Photoshop and all the filters and, um, and no, no shade, right? Like every brand has their thing. But for me specifically, that's not who I am. Yeah. I, I grew up in Texas just... Wishing I could just be me and feeling like I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So if I could create a brand and a community and a space to help other people do that, that to me is my purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when I built this brand, Live Tinted, it's intentionally called Live Tinted because I want it to be a lifestyle mm-hmm. of living in your skin, living in your hues, feeling proud of who you are and where you come from, whatever that identity and culture is. And so for a year, that's what we did. We just we narrated and told stories about people that I felt like, um, we're underdogs, basically, and giving them a space. And then it was about Deepika. You've had this dream since you were 16 years old, but I never wanted to come out with the product just to come out with another product. It had to stand for something more. Take it back to my viral video. That viral video where I used red lipstick under my eyes to mask dark circles. 10 million views later, three years later, it was like, should this be the first product? Should I just come out with the color corrector? Mm-hmm. But then I thought about it and I was like, okay, well, what do you stand for? And what does this community stand for? So we just asked them, they became our focus group. And just from data collection, just from using Instagram stories, we found out that they cared about vegan products. They cared about cruelty-free products. They cared about sustainable Mm -hmm. um, beauty products. They cared about easy, efficient, effective, quick products because people are busy and on the go, Mm -hmm. but they also cared about problems. So. Solution oriented products and the biggest problem for the community was dark hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. Um, For the community that we were serving Between my viral video and listening to the community It was a no-brainer to create what the first product was which is a hue stick and a hue stick is a multi-purpose stick that you can use for color correction But it also is an eye cheek and lip product that you can use for everyday life So even if you who has beautiful skin don't have dark circles you could use this product as an eye, cheek, and lip product on the go because you're just a busy human being. And I wanted it to feel truly inclusive. I didn't want it to be a product only serving people who had to hyperpigmentation, but I wanted it to be inclusive of those people. And I wanted to innovate. To me, every product we come out with needs to have some sort of innovation. Because why create another product in a space that's cluttered and has a million products already? To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: What were the practical difficulties with starting your own brand?
0: Oh, my goodness, where do I begin? I mean, everything and everything. Like, it's um, building a team. You don't even know who you need in the beginning, right? Like. Yeah. Who is it that I need to hire? Um, Fundraising. Who was going to pay for this brand? Uh, Manufacturing. Who do you go to if you go to the wrong person? Your whole business is is done, right? Um, Lucky for me... Everything I've done in my life since I was 16 years old, because I knew I wanted to build this brand has set me up to where I am today. Mm -hmm. Everything from going to college to be a marketing major, to working my first internship, being at L'Oreal, the biggest beauty brand in the world, to working at Birchbox, to being a beauty influencer, to now starting this brand called Live Tinted. I've built a network, which I attribute so much of my success to the people in my life that have supported me and believed in me, which... I will say this, I've, I've seen it online and I've heard people say like, she's gotten it so easy because of, um, the people in her life. How, how do you get those people in your life that, that is, I didn't, I wasn't born into a privileged beauty or not even beauty, but media company community. Like I grew up with Indian parents that are immigrants who wanted me to be, be a doctor. I worked my ass off. I don't know if I can cuss on your podcast. I worked my ass off for this community. And and you know what it is, is I was genuine about it. I, I, I showed my heart and poured my heart out to people. So they, they wanted to help me Mm. and I was honest and I was a real person. I wasn't trying to bullshit in an industry that is a lot of bullshit. I was real. Mm. And so people wanted to support me. So as far as the fundraising went, I went towards the strategic angel route and, Basically, tapped into a network of incredible people, including Bobby Brown, who is a, a, a beauty legend um who has invested in my company, to Pio Kadakia, the founder and CEO of ClassPass, to the founder of Kuyana, to the founder of uh, Create and Cultivate. They're basically a ton of smart women mm-hmm. that have been through the entrepreneurial journey who now can't have the have worked. To be able to fund women like me. Yeah. And that was the best decision I've ever made because they have given me strategic guidance that has helped me get to every step of this entire process. And to be honest, the hardest part of starting a company is the emotional roller coaster more than anything.
1: Right. You referred to the mental health cost of working at the speed and
0: f- full yeah. capacity for years. What else has had to give? I haven't been on a date in two years. <laughs> I mean, I forgot how to, and I haven't thought about it. I, I think the hardest part is the mental health part. I moved home for a month. I was living in New York for five years, mm-hmm. and I burned out. I was just working, I, even when you're sleeping, I was working, like I felt like I was on 24 seven. How did you know you needed to go home? My biggest dream in life was to host the Met Gala red carpet. And I basically begged the Today Show to let me do it for them. And because I never in my life would have imagined there would be a brown girl hosting the Met Gala red carpet. And I, again, wanted to do that to say that I did it and show other girls they could, too. Um, After doing that, I came home that night and I cried and it wasn't happy tears. It was like a lonely feeling. I just got into bed and I was like, wait a second. You just like lived out your quote unquote idealistic dream in New York City and then you did it. So why aren't you happy? And I called my mom the next day and I was like, mom, I need to come home. And so I moved home for a month and I went on walks with my parents every day. They cooked for me and I basically went back into fetal position as a child and they took care of me for a month in my, my, my life. And I moved back to New York and I said, I need a change. I moved and I moved to Los Angeles. All right? Okay. And that's when I started Lip Tinted. I just knew that I couldn't start a company in a city that had hit such a capacity in me. That felt so drain draining, mm-hmm. and I to be honest, also I was going through a breakup, and so I just needed a reset, mm-hmm. and so I moved to LA, and I've been there for two years and started this company, and I think the emotional roller coaster of all of that, I could have never done in New York, man.
1: And how are you looking after yourself now? You're living in LA, which is a city that's famous for wellness and people, you know, being yeah
0: no no, it, 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 <laughs> you're, no I'm laughing at myself because yes. It is. And everyone around me is drinking green juices and going on hikes. And I'm still working my ass off and just Mm -hmm. thinking about this company. I promise I started therapy, like I said, two months ago. Mm -hmm. And I promised myself that in 2020, I was going to make more personal goals because every year for my New Year's resolutions, it's always been about professional goals. And in 2020, I told myself, maybe I will go on a date. Maybe I will go work out. Maybe I will start to eat healthy. I'm moving to a new place because I really fully believe in energy. And I started Tinted working out of my garage and it was a beautiful thing, right? Like I feel very proud that I was a scrappy person who started a company out of her garage. But eventually you get to a point where you're like, you want to create some sort of work life balance. And that's what I, I I needed. So in January, I'm moving to a new place and I told myself new energy, new vibes take care of myself a little bit more and um and do me.
1: What products do you use at home in terms of skincare perfume, um
0: stuff that goes in the bath? What are you into? You know, you when you say the bath, like that's the that's another thing. I've I've started to take bubble bath like like baths where I I actually lay there and I light Mm. a candle and I've done it two or three times where I put away my phone and I keep saying I'm gonna meditate but honestly it's it's really hard for me. I'm really trying. Um, one of my closest friends is Jake Shetty and he is a wellness guru and mm-hmm. um, he has been trying to coach me and encourage me to do more meditation and it, it really is a game changer. For me, my form of med- meditation has become yoga and, and even just being there in a hot room and just sitting there has helped me breathe. Yeah. It's crazy what the power of breath Mm-hmm. can do to yourself. So anyways, Bubble Baths has been a b- part York. of my life. And that's the other thing about being in LA versus New York. When I went back to New York for the first time after leaving LA, I had a straight up panic attack. It was my first one ever. I was in this I was in this hotel room. I opened the window and it was concrete. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a confined. It felt like a jail cell to me." I was mm-hmm. like and I laid on the bed and my heart started pounding. I started sweating and I was like, this is a panic attack. And I left and I went and stayed with the girlfriend. Did you? I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This is city isn't for me anymore. This is not what I needed in life. And I I just recognized Mm -hmm. for me, I needed to take a break. And so for me, what I do actually is on my Saturdays is my day where I don't feel like I have to post. Mm -hmm. I try, you know, if I'm traveling, I'm doing work, like I'm doing a pop-up that's different. But for me, it's like the world is not going to end if they don't know what you're doing one day of your week. It's not going to end. It's
1: hard, but it's like a switch that you have to fiz- like, really work mentally on switching off.
0: It's a full, yeah. like, uh, it's a full activation. You have to tell yourself, like, mm-hmm. Deepika, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but going back so to products. the products, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tatcha skincare, the cleansing oil is one of my absolute favorites. I am so tired when I get home. Yeah. Just to be able to, like, not even have to put water on your face and just take this oil and just wash off all the glam and mm-hmm. take a hot, warm cloth and just. Wash your face off is such an amazing feeling. Mm. Dr. Jart Ceramidin, I think, is hands down the best um, moisturizer. Mm. And then one of my friends, um, Mariana and Lauren Gora, started this company called Summer Fridays. Yeah.
1: I've got their face mask says.
0: Jet lag? It's very good, yeah. It's so great and it's a multitasking, it goes back to everything Tinted stands for, too. Yeah, I would say those are my top three um, skincare products. Mm-hmm. In the shower, to be honest, I need to be better about hair. I feel lucky as an Indian woman. I, I was going
1: to say your hair looks incredible.
0: I have yeah. a... Well, I, well the, Amir, who's sitting right here, is an amazing hairstylist, and he did my hair today. But in general, the health of my hair, mm-hmm. I attribute to being Indian. And it's so funny because I'm hair... I, I have a unibrow, I have hair on... I have sideburns, and I got laser hair removal for all of it. But I used to, as a kid despise it and you'd be so mad at my mom about it. Like I had a mustache and I used to get made fun of about it at school. But hey, that's why I got all this good hair on my
1: for- on my on my head. So I'm the same people it. sometimes go to me, Your eyebrows are great and I'm like, Yeah but you should see the rest of the hair I
0: deal with. Exactly. <laughs> like,
1: like a lot. Which, which, laser? La- which laser did you use?
0: Um, there's this thing called Sev. Um, I don't know the specific one, but there's mm. this place called Sev in LA that is uh, incredible. And I was so scared because for darker skin tones, it is very scary. And I actually did it before and got scars yeah. on my face. But there's a place, and they specifically have a laser that can treat darker and skin And it's worked quite well for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I,
1: well, I haven't asked you, I didn't ask you this before we started recording, but I wonder if you could just quickly name a couple of places in
0: LA that are good to go. If someone hasn't been to okay. LA before, where you would spend a day? Malibu. Okay. Uh, it's 45-minute drive, and you feel like you're taking a vacation. And I, I make it a point every single weekend, specifically on this Saturday, when I'm not a connected to my phone, to be by a body of water. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best thing that's happened to me living in Los Angeles yeah. is that... Because let's be real. Los Angeles is a very superficial place, even more so than New York. New York is a lot of hardworking people who are grinding. But Los Angeles is a town of people who are... Also, trying to make it, but um, there it's a lot of faking it until you make Mm it, and um, I think. For me to get away from living, which I live in like the heart of Los Angeles, I need a body of water every weekend to just listen to the noise of the ocean is so therapeutic. Mm-hmm. So if there's one thing you do in LA, I, I don't want, I don't even care to recommend like the sceney restaurants and stuff that I have to go to all the time for events. Mm-hmm. I would say go to Malibu for a day and you will feel like you are in a different country. Nice.
1: Yeah. I know uh, exactly. I mean, the water just mentally takes you elsewhere, doesn't it? Is, is there anything yeah. around here that you can d- No, like- I think the park of an equivalent in London. London. I mean you can yeah. go down to Brighton Fair. but you know when I'm in the park I feel the same thing that's why I have a dog I mean not the only reason your but. dog is the <laughs> cutest thing yeah. ever he's fast asleep. but I love it takes me into the park twice a day and otherwise I'd
0: be sat there working all day I wouldn't get away and it's, he's been great for my mental health but I also feel like in, yeah. Euro- in Europe people just like fly an hour away to get mm-hmm. to like I don't know like yeah it's like we're three hours N- in Portugal with like incredible beaches like yeah. a multi-coast yeah. and all these things you know we don't people don't really do that in America yeah. we, we in general the travel culture in the states is not the same as it is in Europe yeah,
1: yeah. right I want to finish by asking you three questions they're general okay. questions the first one is what would you consider to be the greatest triumph
0: in your life either personal or work related starting this company I think starting Lib Tinted, when you're a 16 year old girl and you've dreamt of, you've got walked down a beauty aisle and see nothing but the exact same skin tone and, and aesthetic and the media and to be able to be where I am now, actually creating a brand with no Photoshop featuring no tokenism and multiple women of color, people of color. I can't wait to start featuring men also because colorism isn't subjective just to women, um, That, to me, is what I'm so proud of, creating a brand that stands for something more than just a product. And if you had to go back and tell
1: a younger version of yourself, give them some advice at some point in your life, what age would you visit yourself
0: at and what would the advice be? Oh, what age? Good question. This question is always so tricky for me because... I feel very lucky, again, to say at 16, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and I didn't listen to anyone around me. So the advice I would give myself is to keep going. I feel very privileged to be able to say that because a lot of people at that age don't know what they want and they're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew and I went for it and I didn't listen, even to my parents. When you've spoken about your career, you've
1: spoken about it as, you know, I thought this in my head. I thought that there weren't many people doing this and I thought that there was a gap in the market and it seems to be very in your brain. But yeah. there also seems to have been a lot of gut instinct governing you. Would you say that when you were younger, it was mostly gut instinct and you weren't thinking about it logically?
0: Uh, gut instinct to this day is how i lead every decision making i have in my professional career i'm really bad about personal (laughs) like that to me i'm telling you 2020 is the year of personal but i i'm really good about listening to my gut for every professional decision since i was a little girl okay well
1: then a a personal question now if you had to invite three people to a dinner party they could be people who've died and you could resurrect them who would you have and tell me what the dinner party would be like what you'd cook what the
0: ambience would be like? Okay, this is this is a big one. I would say, and uh, the the last one's gonna make you be like you're a psychopath, but I'm gonna say it anyways. An obvious one is Oprah. I got to hug her once, and I had this moment of just feeling like her energy just like went into me, and I just want to sit down with her and just say, and it's not even about like her success. But I'd love to hear about the hardships she's gone through.
1: She had a very hard life. A very hard had, life. Yeah.
0: And that to me is, that is a self-made person because even in my life, I think about it. And yes, my dad worked very hard for it and I'm, I'm so grateful for the everything he's done. But I did come from a state of privilege in the sense that, yes, I quit my job and didn't know where my next paycheck was coming. However, if everything hit, if everything hit the ground, I knew that I had my parents at the back, back, back of my mind, even though I didn't take, you know, and so like Oprah didn't have that. And so I would love to sit down with her and talk to her about that. I would love to, and this is not me name dropping at all because I would never do that. I knew Meghan Markle prior to her life in the UK of what everything as the Duchess of Sussex. Mm -hmm. I would love to sit down with her and give her a hug and just say, like, I'm so proud and happy of everything she's doing. The third person I would say is Princess Diana. Mm -hmm. Like, I I would love to sit down with her and, and I would love to, because I think her soul was so pure. I remember when everything, I remember specifically seeing the accident go down and I would love to sit down with her and that wasn't the one I was going to say until I said Megan I thought of Princess Diana and you're going to think I'm a psychopath I want to sit down with Hitler I I really like to understand people Mm. and where they come from and sometimes people are just you can't right they're psychopaths and they have these things but Mm. I would love to just sit down with him and hear how someone could be so evil
1: also we're running a risk of that repeating itself and I think that's one of the things that you know, you can look at someone and call them a monster,
0: but if you do that, you're not learning about how that happened. And that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I see from since then bin Laden and like from that to like Mm. versions of that, what I see now in the political system and things like that. And I just want to get it. I want to believe that people aren't evil. And I think like sitting down with somebody who I consider to be a very evil person Mm -hmm. um, would be fascinating
1: you so much going on I wasn't expecting Hitler uh, sure. nobody <laughs> nobody would
0: I, I, I actually feel really awkward even saying it but I think about those things I'm a weirdo yeah yeah I'm but you weirdo. want to understand you're someone who likes to understand people
1: mm-hmm. I guess um, I didn't ask you very quickly what that dinner party would be like
0: what is would it, you um, cook do you cook I need a hobby okay
1: i, don't I guess if you're having those people to dinner party you learn to cook
0: for it i that's a part of my 2020 goals is like a new place i have mm-hmm. a nice I, I have a kitchen that's like a real kitchen i want to i want to cook i want mm-hmm. to like i want to host i mm-hmm. want to do things outside of my job as a hobby and i think cooking it seems therapeutic do you
1: cook ish my mum is an extraordinary baker and okay. I see her sit there because her, her, her dad was a Viennese baker uh-huh. so she's got that skill and seeing her do it makes me think god I just wish that I had time to knead dough and stuff yeah. like that but I'm too focused on work as well so it's like I don't bake <sighs> I
0: just cook to eat quickly we need it. We need to put our phones away and yeah. just have like a zen day yeah, I know uh, well,
1: anyway. <laughs> right thank you so much coming on I hope your 2020 is your zen time and I'm sort of looking forward to watching it thank really, you so I'm much full. thank, thank you thanks right, for having me thank you